Hi, and welcome to the Bin Men Podcast. We know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we also believe that everyone should know the next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. I'm Pops. I'm Dave. And I'm Bob. This series for Bin Men has been entitled, Why Go to Church? And so we thought we'd start out the series with, what is church? I've been asking myself why I go to church since I was about five years old. <laughs> yeah, you look good in little penny loafers, though. I, I look good that. in all, all shoes. shoes. All <laughs> shoes, no shoes, any shoes, one shoe. So, Dave, why don't you start us off with a definition of what is the church? Yeah. If nothing else, and you're only watching this video um, to see for Dave's 60 haircut. seconds yeah. or the new Fresh Flow, um, hear this because I think this will get missed to almost anyone who thinks I've been to a church, the mm. church, a church, your church, my church. No. Mm. The first thing to know is that the Christian church is not a building. Yes. The church yeah. is the collection of believers united in Christ, period. Nice. Um, that word church comes from the Greek ekklesia, which means an assembly or called out ones. So the church's role is fundamentally to worship God, yeah. reach out to a suffering world with the gospel. It's not to um, glamorize its pastors or to do this or to do that. It is fundamentally that singular purpose. So an, probably an oversimplistic way to <clears throat> divide the churches between the universal or big C church, the invisible church versus the local or visible church. So we may talk about like the church and we'll try and raise our eyebrows, letting you know that it's big C church, universal church <laughs> or lowercase church with a little scalp. So why don't one of you explain to me and the audience what's the difference between the universal and the local church? We'll, we'll do better. Both of us will explain. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So there's one universal church. This is not the universalist church. That's something radically different. Yes. There's, there's only one worldwide church, universal church, or sometimes you'll see it as the capital C being used, capital C church. This is, means Everyone who is a true believer in Jesus Christ, past, present, and future from all times and all places. So the universal church is sometimes called the invisible church because most Christians, <laughs> just purely by the numbers, are either dead or they haven't been born yet. Yeah, dead right? physically. Dead physically, right, yeah. exactly. Um, all believers in the universal church will finally be together when Jesus returns at his second coming, and then he will unite all of them together in his kingdom, new heavens and new earth forever. So if you want more information on that, you actually check up our check out our second coming episode. Yeah. Great. Let's actually have a segue about intercessory prayers to the saints. Oh my goodness. You know, I was, no, not happening. Um, so on the other hand, so we just talked universal, big C church. On the other hand are the local churches scattered throughout the world, hopefully every country. I don't mm -hmm. know if statistically that's accurate, but mm -hmm. just all over the world. So these are your quote unquote visible churches. Um, unlike the universal church, they consist of both believers and non-Christians. When mm -hmm. did the Christian church begin? Um, so this is really um, two passages that are really cool in the New Testament. <clears throat> Excuse me. Christ predicted his church kind of before it was, quote unquote, established in Matthew chapter 16. Yeah. This is when he tells Peter, you may be familiar with this verse, Jesus tells him, and I tell you that you are Peter, right? He gives him this name, Rock or Rocky or whatever yeah. you want to use. He gives the name Peter, which is what that means, Rock. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell will not overcome it. Uh, right? So Peter was going to be used by God to help launch the start of his church that would then go worldwide. So on the day, on a day that Christians call Pentecost, which is just 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit. 
Yeah, which Easter, yeah, the resurrection. Yep, so here's just nomenclature there. <clears throat> At Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes to Jesus' disciples and Peter, and he preaches the gospel to this huge crowd that's in Jerusalem and 3,000 people yeah. believe in Jesus like in that one day, yeah. which must have been incredible. Yeah. Um, and this, by the way, this is all covered in Acts chapter two, if you want to read that, that'll give you a, a better summary. But ever since Pentecost, the same kind of thing happens in God's gospel about Jesus being proclaimed, people coming to faith in him, and then they enter into a community of faith, um, even though it may be in a less dramatic way than yeah. what happened in Acts Unless chapter two. Graham gathering, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 who knows? But yeah, or when you preach, yeah. Well, thank, thank you, thank you very much. What was the first century church like? Oh man, it was so cool. I did a study abroad in Turkey in college, and obviously read a bunch of early Christian church texts to like prepare yourself. And then you start walking around places where you go. So this is it. This is where it began. This is what it was like. Where people were meeting in homes. They met in temple courts, Jewish synagogues, um, basically any and every assembly that they could facilitate. Yeah. And it and was just, I yeah. just want to mention though, and that's because the initial first believers in Jesus Christ were Jewish, right? Oh, yeah, correct. Yeah. So for somebody who isn't familiar. Yeah. But then, this, but then quickly more, very yes, quickly, yes, very more, quickly, you know, like right off the, like, you, yeah, well, we'll go into that. But Dave, can you note some of the things that would happen in the life of the church though? Cause it's not just people yeah, there getting was a, together to hang out. There was a pretty good like liturgy to it or sort of rule or, or order of worship. There was always prayer and praise, songs of thanksgiving and worship. There was teaching about Christ and about God. There was, um, you know, I think something we often forget, like there was a communi communion, right? So if you think of the word like Eucharist or the word communion, there was always the breaking of bread, um, Again, recognizing and representing what Christ did at the Last Supper. Um, offerings were received. I mean, it was, it's going to sound familiar as to how we do church today because right. that's the point. Right. Um, but yeah, later in recognition of Christ's resurrection, Sunday became the principal time for public worship. Yeah, I think that's great. What do, what do we do today as a local church? Yeah, so in brief, the church today, the local church, right, has three purposes. Now, it's... Hopefully, when you go to a Christian worship service in a church, you're going to experience all the things that Dave just mentioned. Yeah. It's like prayer and singing and scripture reading and scripture teaching and the Lord's Supper or communion, right? Like, but maybe just brief capture of like, what does the local church do? Yeah. Big picture. Yeah. One, they worship God. So that's kind of the summary Dave was giving. Two, though, they nurture and disciple fellow Christians to help us grow together, kind of in different environments, but help us grow as disciples. And third, we evangelize. We're on mission and we're serving the world around us. Um, so like the first century church, local churches, they're going to meet regularly as a community of believers for worship and prayer and teaching and preaching and doing those ordinances, but also then going forth in evangelism and service. Yeah, Dave. Bob used a lot of Christianese kind of words. Can you help break those down a little bit, flesh those out a little bit more for people yeah. who may not be familiar yeah. with these words? Yeah, because I if, mean, heck, I don't even know what words I'm using half the time. <laughs> that's a good sign of an educated man. Yeah, there you um, go. No, but I, I think that's right. And it's funny because you could hear the word worship. And like, I think of a rock and roll band I really like, but they use it in sort of an occulty sense. And you're like, mm, yeah, no. it's not going to mean the same thing as what we're talking about today. So in the Christian context, like worship means giving God the supreme worth that he alone and exclusively deserves. Mm -hmm. And that can both be individually from you or corporately 
you know, adoring God through prayer and singing as the local church. Mm. So I think we're, we're going to do some more work on that later. We are. Episodes. We are. Yep. Um, two, let's define maybe prayer. Cause you may be thinking prayer is like just the Lord's prayer or the prayer that you said at a communion or that your grandmother recites before dinner every night. Fundamentally what prayer is by definition is humbly praising and thanking God, confessing sin, seeking, uh, asking for forgiveness from him. We also pray for others, um, while seeking, you know, direction and interchange for ourselves. Um, so it's, it's really like almost a dialogue, but it's a lot more dynamic than what I think people maybe Mm -hmm. typically have an association with, which is like a recitation, like a spell. And that's just not it. And I love, by the way, side note that you're mentioning prayer, not just in the context of what we've talked through multiple times through a lot of our articles and some of our episodes of this personal spiritual discipline of prayer. But part of that is being together with people, praying together with Christians. So I'm glad you're bringing it up in this context. Uh, Teaching or preaching. Again, maybe you have a negative connotation hearing that somebody's preachy and so you're only thinking like oh that means that they're nasty and bossy no Mm -hmm. teaching and preaching in this context means that it's the instruction uh, you know for believers in various areas of christian doctrine and how to live like christ according to his word that's great and that's why again we've talked spiritual gifts but you know there are certain believers who've been given those gifts of teaching and preaching and they we would say like Bob, have an excellent ability to make simple and digestible and understandable the things of the word, Christ, the church for believers like you and me that maybe don't have either a ton of education or exposure to those things. And you can go Sunday, go to your small group, be in a one-to-one and go, oh, that's what it means to do mm. X, Y, or Z. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. A couple more terms that might be helpful. One is discipleship. That just simply means following Jesus. Yeah. And which includes following scripture and living Christ honoring lives. So discipling, right? Kind of the verb had to do that. Discipling means kind of that another Christian is, or if I'm the one discipling, that I am coming alongside another Christian to care for them, mentor them and move them to follow Jesus better. So that's the end goal. They can become more like Jesus. Yeah. One of the terms he used was ordinances. Yeah. So I can hit that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the Protestant church, right, as opposed to the Catholic church, practices two ordinances. So we use that term more typically instead of the word sacrament. But ordinance just means something that's been ordained. Yeah. So it's been commanded. It's been told for us to do. And it was Jesus who is the one who told us to do these things um, called baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism is just the outward display of your inward faith with water, right? It's being put under water coming back up so that others can publicly see that you identify with Jesus's death and resurrection and you enter into the life of his church. So that's typically why baptisms um, happen in a church service, but not always. And then the Lord's Supper. So this is also called communion. It's what you mentioned earlier, Dave. It's another thing that Jesus commanded us. We eat some bread, we drink some wine or grape juice together as God's people in order to remember and honor Jesus's death for us and his forgiveness. You guys may be familiar with that passage, the the last supper, right? Or even the painting where Jesus did this. He said, this is my body broken for you. This is my blood of the covenant given or shed for you. So these are both things Jesus commanded followers to do. Baptism in Matthew 28, the Lord's Supper in Matthew 26. So you're gonna see any Christian local church regularly practicing those things. Yeah, I want to recap just so if if followers just want to uh, kind of rewind a little bit. So far, we've talked about worship, prayer, preaching, teaching, discipleship, and then the ordinances or the sacraments of baptism and communion. What are some of the other things? 
that we should be considering? Two more that I think are crucial because those are kind of the one evangelism and two fellowship evangelism is what you know you think great commission matthew 28 go and make disciples so evangelism is proclaiming the good news good news being the gospel about jesus to non-christians wherever they are in the world there's a lot of people especially those called the maybe um ministries or missions work abroad take this and like go go mm-hmm. right like and we find it challenging i know myself wake me up here, before you go go right because i don't want to be hanging on <laughs> so, well, that was the bar too <laughs> I know, there you go. we actually and then we have, have our episode we can refer we to people about evangelism as well yeah. yeah so that's one big big one um number two fellowship we serve one another um in our church community and in the community around us so if you think think sort of like one nested in the other, I think it's appropriate because like you've got your church community. Yes. But the point isn't to just sit in this echo chamber with all your church friends and your small group and your whatever. It's like, no, you're called to fellowship in both. Now, it doesn't mean go and be a part of the world as in live like them and be indistinguishable and non-Christian like, but, but recognize you're called to fellowship in both communities. Well, and I'll make a distinction on that too, because I think, you know, fellowship is something that like it's distinctly Christian and the fact that you, you share one spirit and you're able, so you're able to have a spiritual fellowship with other Christians. Yeah. That's but a good like, distinction. As you build relationships with others who aren't right. Right. Which is awesome and totally appropriate. Yes. You're going to build friendships, but also kind of maybe the, another Christiany sort of term here. And this will be my last one is serving. And that's just a, a dynamic that yes, we're called to proclaim, like you said, uh, Dave, the gospel, right? The good news about Jesus's death and resurrection, but we also should be involved in serving. We just serve one another, both in our local church community, right? And we should be, right? If we're there, yes. we should be all in and saying, wait, whether I'm holding babies in the nursery or whether I'm doing something else, helping with meals or a potluck or something like that, like we should be serving one another life on life in our church community, but, and also we serve out in the world yes. to love people. It's, I mean, and Galatians um, 6.10 says it, probably more succinctly than either one of us have. And it just says, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. We come now to that portion of the podcast, the so what portion. Do we, what do we uh, practically need to know about the church and what do we do about it? I think practically you can walk away with maybe a couple poignant images of the church as reminders. So you know, Revelation 19 paints a pretty clear picture that the church is the bride or wife of Christ. First Peter shows that the church is a flock of sheep under Jesus as the shepherd. But maybe the most helpful metaphor is the church being the body of Christ, which means Christ is the head. He has authority over it. And we as Christians make up the body. So mm-hmm. see First Corinthians 12 where Paul dives in a lot more deeply about it. But um, you are part of a big, living, breathing, intimately connected thing that's meant to fulfill all the orchestrations that Christ has called us to. Yeah, why don't one of you expand a little bit when we talk about the body of Christ? Yeah, in fact, Dave, if you want to talk about even that sort of like the Holy Spirit or, well, I, I, can, I guess I can take this one, that kind of the human yeah. body, body parts, like yeah. that sort of thing. So like a human body, there's many different parts that are necessary to make it function, right? And the Apostle Paul, that's the metaphor he uses. Yeah. That's the picture he uses. So Dave, you just brought it up, right? It's one of the pictures, the body of Christ. Um, so in the same way, the Holy Spirit um, who comes into our lives when we receive Christ, he gives every Christian what's called a spiritual gift to contribute to the working of that body, right? And so maybe 
it's, you know, in the analogy, whatever, maybe you're a thumb, maybe you're an eye, maybe you're a knee, but whatever, but you're not blaming the other person for being different than you. You're working together with them. Yeah. And in fact, when one part of that body hurts, guess what? The whole body fixes its attention on it, right? When I right. slam my thumb, my whole body, my eyes look at it and, you know, and my, my everything is attending. Well, wait, so my feet stop so I can give attention to my thumb. So, and the Holy Spirit is responsible for the church working in unity, using Christ's diversity of gifts to bless others and fulfill this mission on earth. So there's a beautiful unity in that diversity. So the, the point is this, right? So we're getting practical. We gave you a bunch of pictures of the church, explained like the different body parts. But the point is every Christian plays a part in the body of Christ. Yeah. You are needed. So you may be a foot. You may be a hand, you may be an ear. I don't know what I am, but you need to actively team with other Christians in the church as a member. It's ridiculous to go see a foot standing out by itself on the sidewalk. Yeah, and so that we don't lose, with, with all of these metaphors, I don't think we want to lose the point that the, the indwelling Holy Spirit, when you become a Christian, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and you are given a spiritual gift. And that's what you're referring to. You have a unique spiritual gift that allows you this enormous diversity within the church that is unified through the Holy Spirit. And so I just, I just don't want us to get lost in all these metaphors. Bob, why don't you give us a call to action? What's your next step? What's your next step this week? <clears throat> well, read... Acts chapter two. So there's a passage I was talking about with the start of the church. How did this thing start? And, and how did God move to make the church happen? And, and what were the beginning practices? All that's talked about as you kick off in Acts chapter two or read 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 is what Dave mentioned. And you can kind of ask God, how, how do you, God, want to use my spiritual gifts? Because yeah. it talks about spiritual gifts there in the local church. Or if you don't know what gifts you have to use, guess what? That's a great reason to plug into a church and to start serving because the best way you're going to discover your gifts is by actually practicing them, actually using them, right? The only analogy I can think about this is how I went to a really tiny high school and uh, started off playing on the soccer team and on the basketball team. It's not necessarily that I was good at either one, but it was small <laughs> enough that I got a spot on the team. And then I realized after my sophomore year, I'm not, I'm legitimately not good at basketball <laughs> and I don't like playing basketball. So like, I'm gonna keep playing soccer, but forget it, I'm not playing basketball. So similarly in the church, man, find your soccer team, find the place where you thrive and enjoy the places where you may stumble along, but God still uses you for a season and you can keep growing. Second, so first one is read one of those passages this week, open your Bible, read Acts chapter two or 1 Corinthians 12, or a next step is become a regular. Man, if you're not showing up, every Sunday at a church and are involved in other ways of being in community and serving there, you need to ask yourself why, right? Commit this week that to the best of your ability, you're going to be at a church every Sunday, whether you feel like it or not. The three of us are on this table. We can say, man, of course there's Sundays when I'm tired. I don't want to go to church, right? I don't want staff at a church. And there's days when I may not feel it, but why? Because God is yeah. there yeah. and he's worthy of worship, but also because you're needed. You don't know who you're going to bless. Right. Your hand. That's so good. You know, if you're the hand or the foot or the knee, like you don't get to just take weeks off and neither do we. So as you do this, as you explore and find a church near you, or you just commit to being a regular in the one where you're at, or if you read these passages and find something that pops out at you, let us know. Let us know in the comments or on social media, because man, we love hearing from you. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Dave. And thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bin Min Podcast. 
we know that the Christian life can be hard to figure out, but we believe everyone should know their next step for making their spiritual life more important to them. Binman exists to help you discover your next step. Yeah, so be um, be encouraged to go check out other resources on binman.org, like the show notes for this episode and or other episodes, other blogs and resources. Be sure to engage with us and follow us either here, if you're watching on YouTube or on our social media of all different flavors, um, uh, because we love to hear from you and love to engage with you there for sure. So thank you for joining us for yet another episode. Um, we look forward to uh, meeting with you again here in the virtual world, uh, and we'll, we'll see you then. God bless. Oh, 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 oh,